opinion could change today I'm responsible anyway For second to third hand information That complicates the complication And I don't think before I speak And I don't know how far my words reach So wrong nearly every time That I'm sorry I speak my mind If what I say is wrong Look out! The lever! Do we miss lever? You'll blow us all to atoms! Welcome, everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. It's great, as always, to have you all here. I have a guest here in studio. I'd like to welcome... Here's a musician. I've known him. I guess we've known each other sort of for years. Mm. But I'll, I'll remember Keith specifically. I know Keith played around in bands and stuff. But one time I saw Keith playing... I saw you just playing by yourself, solo. Okay. And it was the it was the one time you're playing, and it was the one time when when you see someone and then you're paying attention, you're going, "Oh fuck, he's really good. He's like he's got good songs and he sings good." And then I, you know, automatically makes me not like you because that, you know that's just like, "Oh well, fuck him. Who does he think he is?" Like got, I didn't know I didn't know he was good, and uh, yeah, he's fucking good. And uh, right, so we've got something like, in common. Then I, I'm like that too. Yeah. I know. Well, that's my initial thing. But then I got and then yeah. as I got to know you a little more, no, he, he's all right. He's a good guy. But yeah. My my first instinct is yeah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> exactly. Fuck this guy. So I'd like to welcome to the show. He is now a member of the Light Workers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with our other uh, friend Dan Bonebreak and some other people. Welcome to the show, Keith Mishad. And I should have asked you, is it am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. Mishad, right? Yeah, Mishad. Awesome. Keith Mishad. Unless you're going for the, you know fanciness of Michaud. I didn't but, know if I should yeah, do that, good. but I'm glad I didn't now. From So you're from uh, Plainville, uh, Connecticut? Yeah. But but you're a Florida. I consider you a Florida boy. You, you've been down here a it's, long time, It's right? half and half, yeah. So Is I've it? been here uh, half my life at this point. So, oh, okay, okay. Uh, this year marks 23 years that I've been here. Right, so right. So it's like dead on. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. So, dead, so uh, you ended up in uh, South Florida, played, like I said, played in different bands, Playing in the light workers now. I just got to hear about a, a little drama about that about you released, but you, yeah. but there is something coming out soon, right? Leaves blowing down the street, gathering somewhere I can't see. It's coming down heavy. I knock on wood, man. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but eventually <laughs> it will. Today we signed off on releasing this thing. Oh, okay, so, good, yeah, yeah. good. All right, well that's exciting, and but we're not here. We're not going to talk about that now. I'll, I'll I'll play some of it, and I'll play a little bit, of yeah. course. But what was what's the band and album that you chose to come and talk about? So uh, my uh, record of choice was Sebado uh, Bake Sale. There you go, and yeah. Sebado Bake Sale. I don't know if I'm surprised that you picked it. Not really, because you know, as I'm as I'm going through and listening to it, I'm thinking at some point in the '90s, bands started uh, releasing things and coming out 
and it felt like it, it felt more like probably the same with you it felt like oh you could just write these songs and just play them and not and not make a whole big deal out of it and just yeah. <laughs> and just like That's get in exactly a room it. and play them and put it out and it's simple and it's good mm-hmm. and yeah right and it sounds like you did it that way and that's okay exactly 100 yeah. Yeah, and, yeah and it's yeah so it's it's funny uh, that i had the same thing so i guess the first thing i'm gonna ask you like the first time i heard about sebado was uh rat bastard i can't believe i'm mentioning rat bastard again he gets mentioned so goddamn much on this on this uh show the, the godfather but man Come on. he's the godfather yeah. and he did yeah. introduce me to a lot of things and i remember their first when they had those early uh releases mm. which were lo-fi very lo-fi um but but good really good stuff my soulmate is a special girl a girl that's just like me she'll share a tremendous oral sex and try everything she sees she won't be insane or hung up like most other girls. I'll worship her until it hurts because she's on top of my world. And I had known a little bit of Dinosaur Jr. And obviously, um, you got Lou Barlow from that. And then you had um, Ed Gaffney. But were you into them then? Were you into them like from the start? No. So I came, I came on right around when Bake Sale came out. So oh, okay, okay. I was a little bit late. Not, I wouldn't say late to that game. Maybe a few years late to that game. But, right, right. Um, you know, so I was, that was the year I graduated high school. It was 94 when that came out. Uh, I was working in a gas station and had plenty of time to listen to stuff and read about music. So I probably had a copy of, like, Magnet Magazine or something back then. Right. And uh, was starting to get into stuff like Sebado, but, like, from, you know, from Pavement and bands like Guided by Voices and all There you go. Bands. That's the big three the that were kind of like what I was talking about. Yeah. Stuff where These you could great just, songs. Exactly. Just, great songs that, that you didn't have to make a big fuss about recording them or putting them out. Just right. Get them, exactly get them right. down and get them out. And how inspiring is that? Because you're sitting there and you're going, oh, I'm just sitting here with an acoustic guitar and I can just write songs and record them like that. Yeah, exactly. Come on. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's... Um, uh, all right, so you know, yeah, I was I was just wondering because I remember like since I had already had uh, had their earlier stuff and and knew them as a certain way, this was kind of a revelation for me because it was uh, it was a little more rocking. There was more mm. electric guitars because a lot of the earlier stuff was uh, acoustic. A lot of it was acoustic, and like yeah. I said, really lo-fi. Yeah. And this is definitely still of that you know DIY in a sense sound but but it also sounds really good I mean right. to me it sounds uh, perfect like this yeah. is perfect how bands should record this is what it should sound like exactly yeah. <laughs> sounds like three dudes in a room banging away and with a bunch of room mics that's yes. what it sounds like to me it's right. great you know? right done yeah done really well obviously yeah. so you were so you were into were you into uh, alright so you did you sort of said you were you were at the same time you were getting into pavement go back those cold sounds and keep my advent to yourself because it's nothing I don't like. Is it a crisis or a boring change when it's central? So essential, it has a nice ring when you laugh at the low life opinions, and they're coming to the chorus now. I keep my were you like, were you sort of. Was there other stuff from like the late 80s, early 90s that you sort of moved on from into more music like this? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you got to think about the time. 
I was into the hair metal stuff when I was a kid because oh, that's okay. what everybody was listening to. Some, <laughs> right, some right, metal, right. some actual metal music and right. stuff. And uh, coming out of that into the grunge era, you know, and so Nirvana right. came out and yeah. Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. I mean, you can go on and on, but that's a right, whole, right. That's a whole conversation. But those bands, because of what they were talking about, it got me into bands like Fugazi or opened the door up a little further for me to just go like what's what's this alternative music right 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 right, right, right. um and then from there you know i had a friend who introduced me to the cure and like some of the early stuff from the cure and i was like what is this and you know you just start kind of following those pathways and then there's so much good sad bastard music out there yeah yeah you know <laughs> from that era that i was like <laughs> right, right these right, guys right. feel like i want to feel you know what i mean oh yeah um, right well yeah but you know one thing in re-listening to it this week and in revisiting which i hadn't listened to this album from beginning to end for a yeah. long time i didn't realize it's actually more emo than i remembered it and i'm not saying emo in a bad way sure. i'm just saying there's it's 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 a lot of it's very earnest and very emotional Whereas the one thing, and I've said this before, bands like Pavement and, and to, uh, like Beat Happening, Guided by Voices, aside from the fact that they had that lo-fi thing, they also had the thing about not uh, giving a shit about anything, mm-hmm. you know? And very, like, offhanded and, and like, um, Sonic Youth, the same thing. Almost uh, uh, too cool for school. Like, great. Sounds great, right, but right. almost too cool for school. Like, don't get too serious or don't or don't get too, you know, emotional about anything. Yeah, there's no, there's no heartbeat to a lot of that stuff. I mean, not, maybe not a heartbeat, but certainly not one that they're admitting to. Right. You know, it is emotional <laughs> right. music. I think a lot of that stuff, like, you know, if you listen to, to Sonic Youth today, the old, the early stuff, you're like, oh, sheesh, they were really pouring it out. Oh, right, But right. God knows what they're talking about, what yes. they're singing about. That's you know what I mean? true, right. And, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of those bands were like that, because I remember listening to, to bands like, you know, when you first hear Bob Pollard sing about stuff, you're like, dude, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Oh, I don't right, right, right. he's right. tripping right now or right. What is right. going on? And then you you get into something like Bakes Hill, where it's like there's real heft. I mean, those songs can be played on an acoustic guitar, which was appealing to me. Anyway, yeah, yeah, right, know? right. Um, and yeah, for sure. It, it just going back from Bake Sale into the earlier like Centrado and se- earlier Sebado stuff. It was so focused compared to that stuff. Oh, you know, right. It's yes, like yeah. you could tell it was almost like they finally got out of the bedroom and scraped together some money and put, yeah, yeah. put something out. You right, know? right. Um, and that is a big difference. I mean, the, the tone was there. I mean, it was, it's definitely a mood record. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's just, like I said, I didn't realize how there's a lot of songs about relationships and, mm-hmm. and uh, introspection and, like, you know, maybe feeling a, cer- a certain way and sort of working through. You could hear, because yeah. I guess Lou Barlow, I guess the whole idea of Sebado was him working through a lot of his issues, a lot of anger. He had a lot of anger towards Jay Mascus, Dinosaur Jr., sort of uh, taking control of that and, like, not... Yeah valuing his songwriting and sort of he felt and he really he's talked about it he's admitted that he had some anger and i guess this we're already getting maybe where he's worked through a lot of that (laughs) yeah and then he's then he's now he's working on actual female male relationships yeah yeah right 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 yeah and there's some I mean, there's just so many beautiful, like, lyrical passages in this record that are yeah. like that. You could just see, you're like, wow, he's matured, you know? And right, I, right. You know, 
And, I don't know uh, if that's true or not, but <laughs> yeah, it certainly well, who, sounded like he matured a little bit. Who knows? Well, it's funny. Earlier today, uh, I talked to uh, my friend Bob Fay, who's been on the show before, Bob mm-hmm. Fay, who plays drums on this, because I just yep. said, hey, Bob, I got someone coming in, this guy, this musician, Keith, we're going to talk about Bake Sale. Give me some, give me some, you know, dirt, whatever. Nice. And I couldn't, yeah, he was, he was actually working. I was going to call him, but he was at work and I was busy, so... He just uh, he just gave me uh, some things, a few things, but I, I asked him about about you know playing together and recording because it does sound like that. And he said, "Yeah, it was really you know uh, as you know, I'm sure you know that Eric uh, the band originally recorded in uh, uh, Chicago with mm-hmm. n- not with Steve Albini like at Steve Albini's place, but with right. Bob Weston, yeah, Bob Weston, and they did like four songs uh, with that." And then they went to Boston and did the rest of this in Boston. And uh, yeah, he said just he he really likes the immediacy of it and the and just the fact that they, like you said, like people in a room playing in a room, yeah, yeah, banging out these songs. You can hear the amps buzzing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah which is great. Yeah. Which is great, and then uh, and then he also gave me a little insight into the one song because he's got one song that he has a co-write on that's yeah. kind of an interesting song on the record. So when we get to that, we'll talk about it. But yeah. there is a lot of songs on this record, and and it's great because they're. Um, you know, short, a lot of them are really short songs. A lot of them are over, like, oh, man, that, that was just, like, it, it still seemed like... It was like, just getting started, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's over, sure. which is great, though. Yeah, I, sure. I I love stuff like that, and that's... Uh, so, I would guess... I, I, I mean, I guess you kind of answered it. This, this kind of... You were already on your way to... But this sort of informed your songwriting and the way you you know this informed a lot of how sure. you a- approach music after oh huge right? i mean I, yeah i consider my top two are lou barlow and uh and jeff tweedy from woco i mean those two just to me those are the top two songwriters period i don't right. care we can talk about it all day long about okay. you know merits and stuff but lou barlow i mean come on yeah and to have you know two strong songwriters in sebado too like i at the time you're just listening to it for the first time and you're not necessarily getting oh this is this guy's song this is that guy's song right you're right exactly getting it mashed together like a band because jason yeah we didn't mention jason jason lowenstein yeah lowenstein uh playing <clears throat> bass but also they're switching off a little bass guitar and also has a lot of um yeah songs that he wrote on this and is great too and there's mm-hmm. also there's just great uh even though uh, you know it is it, they're coming from the lo-fi thing i mean there isn't any shredding going on but there's really great playing on this oh yeah really great yeah, yeah. Uh, bass you know the more as i'm listening to it the bass playing that's going on and uh, yeah. some of the uh, guitar stuff they do it's like great i'm not sure that's they're not shredding <laughs> okay all right. i mean so if they're... you play listen if you play the first song that riff is a sh- I mean that's a That's doozy, true. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. All right, so let's get in uh let's get into it. the first song. Let's listen to License to Confuse. Thank you. 
that's crazy. You're right. That is a great guitar riff. And just I, just the way that, that bass, when you listen to it, the bass is such a big, important part of that, what's going oh, yeah. on. It's three-piece, right? So yeah. it's got to take up some space. I mean, just like he did in, in Dinosaur Jr. too. And, right, right, you know, right. Like Dan does in our band as a three-piece. It's inspiring. You hear it, you go, oh, my God, that's awesome. You know, yeah. And, play and more chords. <laughs> right. And yeah. it's so hard now, like, going backwards, because as, as us, how old we were in the 90s, to appreciate uh, on people how different and refreshing that was listening to, yeah. to that rock music when we were coming out of like you said the hair metal things and Motley Crue and stuff like that whatever I mean whatever you talk about whatever but it's just a totally different vibe oh sure and, right yeah I mean because like you know like we talk about like hair metal or metal and of that of the 80s say and you know there might have been 15 electric guitar tracks right you know, look at the look at the Def Leppard story you know like that exactly. record was yeah exactly huge. yeah that, uh, that's a perfect example you know right? it's like, yeah, like who, needs all, who what, needs all that uh, well yeah you know? that's the thing it's fine whatever but it's it's it, once you start when you're a musician and you're writing songs and you're starting once you hear something like this and say oh okay we can just do this. We don't have to, you know, yeah. we don't have to get signed and go to this like giant studio. We could just right, uh, right. go somewhere and uh, bang well, this out. And so, like, I was in high school, and they they would take us to um, professional recording studios every year. So we had like a rock band class. Oh right, and we right. would do covers. Well, the covers are like, uh, you know, not good, not good songs, right. shitty songs. And I don't even want to mention because they they would terrify me to even talk about. Nah. But. <laughs> You go in there and they want it perfect. They, everything's got to be note perfect. You right. Know? Like, yeah. And this was to tape. There was no such thing as computer recording. Then, right. right. Exactly. So you go in there and it's, oh, let's take another take, another take, another take. As a lazy person in in my heart of hearts, I didn't want to do all that. No, because and that's what automatically made you hate it. See, that's <laughs> I what me. Like, I this hated sucks. studios and I hated going to yeah. studio for that exact reason. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, uh, it's great hearing stuff like this and realizing, oh, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be awesome. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. So now we got a uh, Lone Stein song. Let's listen to the second track. Careful. The music sounds so powerful and everything, but the singing and what he's singing is, like I said, very uh, earnest and yeah, it's emo. It's emo. Yeah, it is. It is. It's totally emo. Total, total precursor. It's I mean, kind of sweet. Yeah, I just wanted you right by you, sitting safe beside the truth, beside you. Watch out for my bullshit. Everybody's got it. Careful as a soldier. We're so strong. Begging my new teacher. I thought you'd never reach her. She's standing there in front of you. 
So yeah, these guys, this, and it's so funny. It's so refreshing yeah. in a way that uh, they don't have to, you know, they're actually singing about, you know, whatever, real, yeah. real shit. And oh, real yeah, shit that sure. someone, you know, oh, yeah. would be going through that age. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it, it it's inspiring, especially when you're younger, you know, like I was probably, eight, I guess, yeah, 18 years old when this came out and sitting, like I said, sitting there with an acoustic guitar at a gas station, literally yeah, right, right, recording right. on a four track because it was a little kiosk and I could just do that. But right, hearing right. these guys do it that way. Come on, man. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Great. And 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 it's great. I'm sure I'm I'm sure you have we're we're around the same age and I had the same thing. It's it's exciting when you're starting to play music and you realize that, oh, it doesn't have to like I said, it doesn't have to be that hard and it could be, you know, you right. can just do it, you know, play three three or four chords and, and come yeah. up with a little melody. Release your demos. And, and you have a song. Yeah, look <laughs> at that. You got a demos. song right there. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, that's great. Um, all right, so this third one, Magnet's Coil. This one, I definitely get a Robert Pollard, uh, Guided by Voices feel on this one, which which you do get throughout the record. Um, this something I would I was saying this could be something that was on B thousand only recorded better, like it sounds better. Sure, <laughs> but it's still much uh, better. <laughs> yeah, but it's still yeah. awesome. We'll listen to Magnet's Coil. Especially at first, at first, first, it sounds like a Pollard. Like you, you, I, oh, I sure. can almost picture him singing. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, right. And you know, it's funny. I don't know if you if you heard it, but um, at the time that this was released, when they released the singles, they had like the B sides were acoustic versions that were pretty well recorded, like just guitar and voice. Oh, okay, okay. And you know, his his voice translates to this, which is more of like a punky post punk kind of sound or whatever. But then when he's doing the acoustic stuff, it's still there. It's the same. He doesn't ever go above that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Kind of lazy vocal thing that he does you know and it's great I gotta find a way to loosen up cause I'm wound tighter than a magnet's coil it is I love great. that yeah it is That's even in a- Dinosaur he was like that and still is you know like their new stuff like he'll play his song and it's like 
he's just like Jay. They're just in this. Oh yeah, I know, and that's so great. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. see, that's. But it's a fine line because I also like you know I like some singers that just go for it and put it out there. I like that too. But I, I, yeah, there is there's that certain sweet spot that you get. And yeah. this, and, and, and also the fact that I said, cause I, cause I really love the uh, guided by early guided by voices where, where it's almost the songs are struggling to uh, get out. You know, you, you yeah. know, there's a great yeah. song and buried in there, all the noise right. and the mud right. and it's struggling to get out. But yeah. Then, you have to unearth it. You know, yes. Almost. You have you to know, unearth like, it. But then, it the time, yeah. and, and then later on, obviously there are things got produced a lot better and then it was yeah. just more there, but almost, and then sometimes I know some guided by voices fan. Oh, well that sounds uh, yeah. too slick. <laughs> It's like overproduced. Now it sucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, do the collapse when they've recorded with uh, Rick Kokasik. I know a lot of people don't like, and I think that's a great album. Yeah. I agreed. love that album. Yeah, yeah, agree. But I do love, uh, I, I love the the sweet spot where you still hear the amps. You hear that they're not doing a lot of shit on the guitars, yeah. a lot of effects. You could, you, like you said, you hear the humming of the amp. And, right. Give uh, me eight tracks, not four. Yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> I don't need thirty-two. <laughs> right, right. That's yeah. good. Okay, so this next one, uh, Not a Friend, it's one of the four songs that Bob Weston, who played, uh, was, I forgot, he was the bass player in Volcano Sons and Shellac, too. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and uh, this is one of the four that, uh, and that Eric uh, Gaffney played drums on. There's a whole thing, I guess, that went on with him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there was some, yeah, there was some history there. I don't even remember half of that because I just, it's funny, you take sides. I was taking sides, like, well... I choose Lou over Jay Maskus and oh, right, I choose right, right, Sebado right. over Gaffney's BS. You know? Right. <laughs> well, I guess, so I mean, just like, like you know, who cares? You know, it's not but, my life. But, but you, I know, but you've played in bands. You, yeah. That's the thing. You yeah. play, you mostly play with crazy, insane people. Oh, <laughs> no, none of us are normal, Rob. <laughs> right, exactly. We're exactly. going to surround ourselves with normal people. No, man. that's it, exactly. All right, this is not a friend. one are simple but they're really uh, poignant because i feel like it's just someone talking about being uh, detached from things you know you feel like you're detached from your friend like i I try to be polite but i feel like i'm stuck for life i follow my heart it leads me far from you no matter how close we are i'm far away 
I have too much now to fill my day to day. I'm not a good friend. I'm not a friend at all. I mean, that's like some that's some real shit some that someone's self, going through. Self loathing shit. Right yes, there. exactly. <clears throat> you know, and it's interesting. Like until you're until you're sitting and really peeling them apart. If you hear the lyrics, this is true of any lyrics. I love doing this kind of stuff, by the way, because then you get a different appreciation. If you're reading lyrics, oh, of course, yeah, of course. Then if you're just listening to what the emotional impact of the song is, too, yes. it's two different things. And yeah, in this one is so perfect because you can actually hear the distance between him and everybody else. It's yeah, just like this yeah. wide open, very, it's almost like he's walking down the street just talking to himself. Yeah, right. And I love that kind of thing. It's like, wow, that mood is set, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and that's good. That, that You're right. That's a good point because he's not, it's not like the, any of the lyrics are uh, buried. You, you, could not, you could hear what he's saying, understand mm-hmm. it, but when you really dig in and, and read the lyrics and then think about it more, it, it has yeah. this extra layer to it yeah that sure. i appreciate i always i always liked this thought it was like a really pretty sweet song but it definitely had another it's, layer it almost got kind of sad yeah know? oh yeah it's like are you okay bud yeah, exactly exactly yeah. which is uh another thing like you know you know it's funny i was thinking about in going through this album and going through the lyrics i realized that no matter what we do whenever we follow a band or talk about it we're not we're not just reading the stories of just like normal everyday people because we're reading stories by artists by people that decided mm-hmm. to make music with their life and musicians yeah. which those aren't normal people no <laughs> so yeah to get back getting... to my earlier point where would be the point like we spent yeah. all our time <laughs> right like a, right. a lot of us spent a lot of time alone writing songs by ourselves and then we get together and it's like if we we're playing with a bunch of lawyers which not to shit on lawyers. I've just been having That's bad experiences okay. lately. We could shit um, on lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> on this show. This is a safe zone to shit on lawyers. But yeah, you know, it's like any any of my favorite music comes from a certain level of damaged person. And yeah, the, and the right, music right. is damaged too, you know? Like it doesn't sound... If it sounded perfect, I probably wouldn't want to listen to it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. That's just the truth, you know. Right. So yeah. So what you're saying is, if this, if there's a little band of like lawyers that get together and play on the weekend and stuff, that's fine. Let them do that. But yeah, you don't ever want to hear anything there. Like if they have wrote a song and played, I don't, it, want, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, no. I don't None want of us to know. Do. Yeah, <laughs> their their cover of "I Shot the Sheriff" is right. lost on me. <laughs> okay, so now we have Tara. O'Neill on drums on this one. I guess she played uh, drums on a couple of songs, and this is one of them. This is Not Too Amused, another Jason Lowenstein song. Oh, 
once again, this reads to me like someone who's depressed, maybe who's going through therapy, but is just kind of over it all at this point, you know? Yeah. Over talk because, you know, just over talking about it, talking it out is like just over it. Yeah. And it's it's funny, like there I think it's later in this song he says something like, Everyone's so lonely, I dig it. Is that the lyric? Yep. Everyone's yeah. so lonely. Everyone's so lonely, I dig it. And yeah. he's like, like like pissed about it a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah, like, right. Or excited right. by it or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. So listening to that song just now, it reminded me something that I, I do love about this band, and it's that they're making so much sound out of so few pieces right yeah. so like the way that that bass and guitar interplay there you could say but they almost they almost like melt together it almost sounds like there's a synth going on or like an organ you know something something kind of overlaying that whole thing and right there's nothing there. there's not and, and i've it, seen them live i saw them live on this tour and i was like you know i'm 18 19 years old and i'm looking at these guys play this and i'm like they're not there's not a there's not an organ in there and i can still hear it <laughs> right what the fuck is going on right now you know and it's it's mind blowing to me when when bands can cuz you know those guys have been playing together for a long time and you can just melt them together like that it's yes. just awesome yeah yeah right it is and you can hear certain parts in, in this song like you could hear him play a guitar part and then he'll start stop playing that but there's no you realize there there wasn't some other guitar behind right. doing anything right it's just the bass it's like so simple and then the, the, the bass and guitars go together to play a riff like a one note thing and you go oh there was nothing else there it does, like right. he started to play something else and there's nothing else underlying and it. I'm gonna add I'm gonna play a little because there's a the guitar in the outro in this is really great that's yeah. what he plays it's yeah. simple again but uh, just Really good. Really yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. So here we get Lou with some more emo stuff. I dreams again. I feel like it's 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 uh, kind of emo. In, in my dreams, I, I react as my true self, and I learn humility, t- twisted moral planes. So not to belittle mm. it or something, but it could be written by a, a depressed t- teenage girl in a way. Sure. <laughs> Which so, is great. There's yeah. Nothing so wrong could with most that. of the Beach Boys output. Exactly. But, you know. <laughs> exactly. But uh, this is a really great song. Dreams. <laughs>
again, you had that, what you were talking about. You just had it's just a guitar and a bass playing there. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to bring in another band that I feel uh, akin to some of this is Mission of Burma. Because uh, Mission of Burma, uh, a lot of times, Roger Miller, uh, the chords he's playing has some of those open strings in there. Some strings are like open and it just gives it that open feel. And, yeah. and that's what gives it that, that depth that sounds like, wait, is there another guitar player playing? No, that's just that. And I, I feel right. the same thing going on there. Which was, again, that's that's the thing, uh, although I guess they were um, even a little earlier when Mission Burma came out, but just that type of music was so exciting to me that, uh, you know, that, that people uh, would g get together and, and seemingly simple, put together these seemingly simple parts, but just making this, like, music that's like, like where did that come from, you know? Yeah, sure. I, it's I wasn't as big into them. I I'm aware of Mission of Burma, but for me, it would have <clears throat> the way that those chords come across and the way that that music comes across totally sounds to me like some of what Jay Maskus would have played. Oh right, okay, like yeah, very yeah. jangly, um, kind of uh, minor key riffing. You know, all that kind of stuff comes across to me as something that he was picking up or that they picked up. Right. And then I mean, like the bands they were playing with at the time, like I thought Kurt Cobain was as sloppy a guitar player as they come but also a great one for that because it was just a mess at the time right, right and i think like you know having watched like the dinosaur junior thing that came out recently the movie um which is awesome by the way if you haven't seen freak scene it's great oh no oh, it's fan that. yeah it's fantastic but they you know there's a lot of like wow they these guys were around all of those you know, sonic youth and nirvana and all those bands they were all intersecting touring together right, and right, all those right. kinds of things yeah so, I mean, they were all kind of like really sharing that sound around quite a bit. Yeah, you know? and I mean, it's it's kind of wild to look back on it now, for sure. Yeah, but inspiring each other and getting getting inspired by it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah, that's an exciting thing. Yeah, especially um, Jay Mascus, the the way he played, it was so excited because and it would be so he'd be almost doing the same thing, but when he'd have it like play it clean and then he'd make it really heavy yeah, and it he would uh, kicks on a big muffin and all hell breaks loose. Right, exactly. Yeah. But oh yeah. man, yeah, that's that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um. All right, Skull. This is like a simple song, but but I really like this song. I really like again. To me, this song to me is just has like kind of a joyful sound mm -hmm. and i feel that's what it's kind of about it's just about like kind of uh, finding joy in uh in whatever i don't know if it's a relationship or what it is but uh it's a cool song skull there is history in this place there are dragons to be chased and though i don't know who Joy that I can't hide. Shall we take my stone for a 
I like the whole. I like, but the uh, um, a uh, joy that I can't hide. Uh, gently take my skull for a ride. I like that. That's really uh, that's good uh, songwriting stuff going on there. I think. Yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the opening line of that song a lot too. There is history in this place. There are dragons to be chased. It's like such a like a sense of wonder almost. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. outside of the like the insulated stuff that you hear through the rest of the record. It's almost like uh, there's hope in in it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I said. That's why I got a kind yeah. of a joy. But this song gives me yeah, like kind of a joyful feeling. Yeah. And and one thing I also wanted to mention that I appreciate because there's a lot of songs on this album. There's like 15 songs. But like on the song before dreams, the way they recorded the vocals was completely different. The way their vocals done. In oh here. yeah, I appreciate the fact that even though they used basically the same things, how they you know it it definitely doesn't all sound samey throughout the uh, you know they they definitely pick their moments to get different vibes in the different songs and to get weird. Yeah, like the, some of these you know some of the symbols have like phasers on them and yeah you know yeah. there's little touches here and there that make it a little different but yeah, yeah i think you're right like it sounds cohesive as a record it does especially the fact weirdness. that there's three different people playing drums on it you really wouldn't <laughs> sure. necessarily know that and i feel like bob Fay, I, I i think he did a real i think he was the right guy at the right time to come in this because mm-hmm. even i I've, I've seen lou barlow say that that he was oh he was a kind of a basic simple drummer but he th- that was great that's kind of what we wanted we wanted yeah. someone to just play these songs anchor and, it yeah yeah anchor it yeah. and like play them and and not go crazy on them or anything and he does a really good job with that and especially yeah. I think that's part of the uh, charm of how the record can sound so solid but not sterile obviously at all sure yeah yeah and it, yeah they chose their spots for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right, so got it. Uh, this is Jason taking lead uh, lead vocals on this one, and uh, it kind of I didn't realize it till later, but it opens up with a chorus like an old cheap trick thing. <laughs> but got it. when you could definitely hear what you were talking about how the, all these bands playing with each other sort of inspiring not not taking from each other but inspiring mm. each other because you could hear dinosaur jr sonic youth you could yeah. hear that going on in these things you yeah, know the, the dynamic shifts are that's yeah crazy with dynamics right I mean, right because i didn't realize how heavy it's like super heavy that yeah, heavy part it just comes and then out crushing. I, I love it then when it just switches to the clean guitar it's it's great it's yeah it's just jarring so great. It's jarring yeah. even now, and I've heard this record a thousand times. Right? You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I hadn't I hadn't listened to it in a long time, beginning yeah. to end, and it was, uh, yeah, it, it's great. 
it's a revelation. Yeah. All right. So Chit Soup, this song just rocks. This is another uh, yeah. Jason Lowenstein song. And uh, it's a celebration. This is kind of like what I was talking about, too, because it's kind of a celebration of craziness. And like I said, when you when you yeah. hang out with musicians and play in bands and stuff, you have to celebrate the crazy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shit, I'm with you. Chit Soup. There's the crazy part. He's singing through his pedal board, probably. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Like, you listen to that song, and if you take away all the heaviness and you put a, a, a cheap acoustic or a child's piano in there, that could be Daniel Johnston's song. Oh, yeah. Ex- you know yeah. what I mean? Like, crazy right. people are yes. right on. Yes, you and, know? like, charming, and it's really it's charming. It's sing-along-y, you know? Yeah, yeah, crazy people are right on. They are right on. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, and he says, and at the end he goes, they're so off, they're on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're so off. They're that, that describes so many of my friends, right? You know? yeah, that's great. That was a good. Uh, that was a good reference to Daniel Johnson. Yeah, I yeah. can definitely hear that. Yeah, yeah. You can, it's just sing songy. You know? Yep, it is. It's great. Um, all right, so this is another one that uh, Eric drummed on. This one, give up uh, Lou Barlow's song, but only it definitely has a Minutemen uh, vibe at, at at some point in it. It mm-hmm. gets, it's got all these twists and turns in it, you know, a, a lot of twists and turns. But when it goes into one part, I definitely got a little Minutemen in there too, which is awesome as well. Uh, let's listen to Give Up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny you mentioned the Minutemen, and I'm looking at your Watt Sauce uh, sticker on the back. Oh yeah, that's right. I got my Watt Sauce. <laughs> like, I have to order more. Actually, I just finished my jar of uh, my last jar of Watt Sauce. Nice, I gotta get nice. More. <laughs> So this, uh, you know, it's funny. I was reading because you think you, you know how albums like this sort of to you to you they they become big like you oh this is a huge album big sale and it uh, in the at the time it's like sad in a way because Nirvana came out and then all these other bands and they and they you know recognize Nirvana oh Nirvana loves this band and they love this band it's like that but it right. still didn't really transfer over to most of these other great bands right. And, it, and it's strange to me because I feel like, you know, my girlfriend's 11-year-old son is a huge Nirvana fan, but I do right. know that he's going to get into this record eventually. Right, like, right. I, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, I feel yeah, like eventually. it could totally translate and hopefully have that kind of an impact. Who knows, you know? Right. We hope. Um, but it, yeah, it's true. It's funny how some of these bands were picked and I wonder sometimes if it can't only be their personalities, but I wonder if sometimes it was the personalities of the people involved where they just didn't have the it factor. Oh yeah. You know, um, you know, it's like the one thing that you can kind of look at with, with Nirvana as punk as they could be like say on in utero or something like where it was really loud and obnoxious. There were still like three goofy guys that were pretty good looking and had good personalities. That's it. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Never discount a a blonde, uh, good looking blonde singer with blue eyes, piercing blue eyes. Right, right. (laughs) Crushing a lead belly song, you know. But there you go. (laughs) um, But yeah, I I wonder sometimes if that's part of it, you know, like, you know, Lou, as much as I love Lou Barlow, if, if his, his kind of demeanor or maybe the look of them or something like yeah. that was what held it back. Right. Which is stupid to say, cause the record's so good and everything they've done. Has no, been no, so good. but yeah. Or it, it, yeah, there's probably no real answer to it. Yeah. You know why, uh, yeah. why it happened. It was kind of, I mean more, it could have just been a kind of a fluke. I mean, to me, it's still kind of a fluke. I don't know. I'm not, I, I can't, to me, you can't even be objective anymore about Nevermind and Nirvana. You can't be objective because it's too, I can't, I, I, if I never heard any of those songs ever again, I'd be fine just because right. I've heard them all. They're, they're so embedded in you. Yeah. yeah for I don't sure. need to hear them anymore. So sure. how could you be objective about yeah. any of that? Anymore? <laughs> yeah. yeah true. I definitely can't. I'd rather just re-listen to this album again. Yeah. All right. So will. <laughs> rebound. Exactly. Rebound uh, again, a pretty straight ahead rocker. And this is a good, to me, a good example of how they could sound loose and in the pocket at the same time. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. This one bounces. Yeah. It yeah, really yeah. does bounce. It, it does. Let's bounce it. Heartbroken and attractive. A sad sloppiness. Looking for approval. Yeah, 
Yeah, this is one of those ones that I decided I'm just going to listen to it and enjoy it. I'm not going to bother trying to dig into the lyrics, yeah. whatever. It's just such a really and, good and yet, song. And yeah, I'm all little boy, lonely, and curious lust. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know yep. like that yeah sum yourself up in one sentence that's great lou you right know? <laughs> right yeah interesting all right and then we go into a, a, another really interesting song mystery man which is also it's kind of interesting the way you know some of these songs i sort of dug into and realized oh they're not all like verse chorus verse chorus like they're like this one i feel like there's not even really a chorus it's just uh, verses and then at least not uh, lyrically uh, a, a chorus, because a chorus normally you would be something repeating again. And right. there's not that there. Uh, they're, they're different every time. And then it's got this great bridge that just becomes the outro of the song and it's instrumental. There's no the lyrics on the yeah, outro. The rules just, are tossed aside. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to great effect. I yeah. really like it. Mystery Man. I guess if you wanted, you could say that uh, that part where he says, uh, where he sings, she's a curious girl, easily swayed by, could be the chorus, but it's only the one, he only does it once in the song, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Which is cool. And I'm going to play the outro, because I really like it. It's got, like I said, it's got this really cool, like, musical bridge that uh, sort of takes the, takes, uh, finishes the song. As a, as a funny aside, my, my best friend Mike, who was in uh, Maypop with me back in the day, back when you guys were, you were all still playing in the band 20 years ago. Um, one of uh, one of his friends came into uh, a party that we were all having, and, and his wife was the guy's wife was there, and that's why he came in. He was all ready to roughhouse because they were having a fight or something. Oh. And he didn't know me, so when he saw me, he called me Mystery Man. Ah. <laughs> so my buddy still to, to, to this day will be like, "All right, Mystery Man." I'm like, "Okay, wonderful." That's all right, cool. Well, <laughs> this could be your theme song. Then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we get, uh, like I said, I spoke to about Faye, our friend. He's going to be back on the show soon to bring a record, but he gets a song on here, and he sings it with his then, uh, this was his then girlfriend, Ann uh, Slynn. Ann Slynn, uh, and she uh, co-wrote the lyrics with him. And it's wow. a really nice, it's a really nice song, and I'm glad, uh, you know, that's cool. Let's let, yeah. let Bob get a song on the album, and it's cool. Let's listen to Temptation Tide. <laughs>
are uh, myster- kind of mysterious. Uh, overwhelming fear and desire are so hard for you to stem the tide. Wavering heart, the flames grow higher. Grab your bottle, get your coat, and hide. Yeah, I, mm. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I think it's cool. At the time, like you have this record, you listen to it. Are you wondering, like, who is that singing? You know, I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever did. I think it just kind of like went with it. <laughs> went with it and said, uh, <clears throat> but it would be a good guess to say, oh, maybe it's the a drummer's girlfriend. <laughs> Well, now, right? But that would be a, a good guess. I hadn't been in bands yet, so <laughs> oh, I wouldn't okay, have had okay. that experience. Right. But um, yeah, it's funny. Like, I think I just kind of went with it thinking it was one of their, yeah, one of their wives or girlfriends. Right. And right, then, right. you know, it's it's an interesting song because it, it sounds like it could have gone on like a, a Breeders record or... Um, you know any of those bands at the t- like uh, Betty Severe or any of those kind yeah, of like yeah, indie yeah, yeah, pop yeah. bands at the time with the you know kind right. of soaring little tweed has that little tweed yeah feel the, to yeah, it. yeah yeah right um, so it's interesting yeah I don't know I don't know if I ever second guessed it it's funny <laughs> but a record can do that sometimes too you know it's like I was listening to the latest Big Thief record recently and I was like man there are like seventeen different production values on this record oh like, right right you can yeah. listen to one song and it's perfectly acoustic based and then you hear another one you're like is this trip hop? Like what is right. going on right That's now? That's that know, dragon. Like, is that the dragon? Yeah. yeah I did. We did that episode kind of recently. Man, and uh, yeah, that, a, that blew me away. I didn't know anything about that man. I didn't know anything. Yeah. That is a, I'm a huge, quite the achievement. Yeah. I'm a huge Adrian Lenker fan. She, her, oh, she is amazing. And I, like, I've got all of her stuff and it's like her solo stuff all the way through. Another one. She's great. Probably if I saw her in a club, oh. I'd probably hate her too. Oh my God. <laughs> love, love and hate her. Yeah. yeah, yeah she's, she's, awesome. she's unbelievable. All right, so Jason uh, gets one more to sing, a drama mean, and uh, it's a good one. He definitely doesn't hold back on this one, on his on his no. delivery in this one. He's he's not holding back at all. He's letting it all hang out. Drama mean. Drama mean to be crazy as you're seen. I know it's not a dream. Don't you know what you're telling me? I like, and he says, uh, it's like wasting everything on someone else's dream. That's yeah, a great line right there. It is. I love the way that song kicks off too, because it's like it switches time signature almost. Like it, it starts off as one riff, and then when the band kicks in, it flips it around. Completely. Oh, yeah, right. right. Um, and if I hadn't just been listening to Marquee Moon, I wouldn't have made the suggestion that it sounds like that. But it's almost that same type of thing where you hear the riffs separately. Oh, OK. And you right. go, that's not right. And then yeah. you hear them together and you go, oh, my God, what did they just do? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you know? That, I, know, I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, that is good. All right. That's cool. And now we get uh, to the final song, Together or Alone. Kind of, I, I mm. like it. It's a really sort of stark emotional again we get to the emotional because this song is kind of an emotional song right yeah and it's funny like over the years i've covered a lot of these songs in my own sets 
And this is one that I've always loved to cover. Ah, okay. It's, yeah, this is I a love, great one. What I love about it is, like I said what, at the beginning, this in this era of not giving a shit about anything, the most punk rock thing you could do is just write a really simple, heartfelt sure. relationship song, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, which this is. So, Together or Alone. <laughs> episode i'm gonna let the song play a little more because i'm kind of sad this is like one of the longest songs on the record mm. but this song really it takes you through like a whole little thing yeah that that line um these unsure hands could never soothe you they're too afraid of doing something wrong yeah <laughs> like it you know it captures that that the essence of that whole oh man i just don't feel good enough for this relationship or this person or this thing you know it's just right what a crushing song but then at the end he says because there's so much we could do together or alone i'm not afraid of being alone yeah and then it goes into that opening riff again at the end and it's just it, it's more hopeful and bright at the end yeah yeah you know, right right because that's it because terms you know that's it that's the the singer of the song is saying okay well if this doesn't work i can be alone I i'm can not afraid this. of being alone yeah that's great oh, yeah. that's some heavy shit it's great yeah i love it <laughs> that is great and uh, yeah, I would like to hear you do a cover of this, and then I would probably say, "Oh, fuck him." <laughs> I don't if, know. It's so if, funny. I was being brutally honest with you because I totally remember actually having that same thing. Because at first I was probably like, "Oh, what is he gonna do? Who is this? Who is this guy again?" <laughs> if you understood how much I enjoy it when people are like, "Fuck this guy about me," I, seriously, <laughs> oh, okay. I wear it like a blanket, man. No, it's just okay. the best. But it's not, but it, <laughs> It comes from a. I, I won't say it comes from a place of love, but it comes from. I don't yeah. know. It comes from something. Probably from uh, not having therapy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end, it's all good. Um, all right. So the light workers, which, by the way, I got to point out the 
the light workers. So who's who's in? I would say the uh, the light workers were broke on this show. It was it was so long ago. Probably no one would remember. But when Chris <laughs> Chris was on and Chris sort of let it out that he was in this band, the Light Workers. Uh, right. So you got you, you got Keith Mashad, you got Dan Bonebreak, you got Andre. Is Andre still in there? You guys didn't k- kick Andre no, out. Andre, you? I just talked to Andre <laughs> um, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And, Andre uh, Serafini. Yeah. So Dan and and. Uh, and Chris obviously go way back. They're they're best buds. Yeah. And um yeah. and Dre and and Dan um have played together in, in other bands oh, yeah. and stuff. And, all great guys. All great and, guys too. Yeah, yeah, ba- yeah. Yeah. A whole bunch of nice guys. Which never that's uh, that that right there doesn't bode well for the band. Well, there's three <laughs> nice guys and Dan. Um, okay. <laughs> really? What? Dan, Surly Dan. Dan's I, he's one of my very best buds, and yeah, I love him to awesome. death. But he can be crabby sometimes. He it's can fun. be. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But <laughs> Vanessa makes up for it though. She's she, awesome. she is a ray of sunshine. <laughs> one is. of my best friends. As All well. right, so we're not gonna we're not gonna bother guessing when this can happen. But if someone wanted to learn more about it, where's the best place to send people to go if they want to hear? Uh, we still do have workers. we do have an EP up. Um, my friend Chris Wood passed last year, and we did a. Um, a benefit four song EP on, oh, on yeah, Bandcamp, right. That's great. Yeah. Um, where we covered some of his uh, his favorite bands, and um, you know that did pretty well for the the hot minute that that people were were doing that, and we yeah, were able yeah. to to donate a good amount of money to um, his family. But um, you know, it gives an idea of you know it's a three piece. It's a four-piece rock band on the records, but when we have been playing, it's been three pieces because it's tough to get Chris um, here. He's so busy. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't blame him. <laughs> no, no, I mean, come on. Um, yeah. But we are looking to get that done, and we were talking about doing a show pretty, you know, this year, all of us together. Okay, um, nice. And probably okay. like April, you know, something like that. Okay, so. but they can go. But definitely, you should check out the EP. Is actually great, a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I got a copy when it came out. I bought Thank it. You. It's great. Appreciate and uh, like, well, I don't know. You find Facebook. They'll be out there. Believe me, I'm sure they're they're fun. <laughs> yeah. You'll find. If you really want to find out, you'll find. It. We're on the socials. There you go. You're on the socials. And don't forget, I'm on the socials too. You can go to uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high. Also, that Facebook group got me high is a lot of fun. It is fun, right? Do you, do you think it's oh, fun? Yeah. Yeah, right? It is. Okay, good. I tend to not uh, these days after the last few years of the pandemic and everything. I tend to not get into arguments with people about anything anymore. But oh, I do oh, like yeah. talking about music still. So yeah, it's still thing. fun, right? You know, <laughs> stay off Twitter. Well, we're Twitter right. it's at trgmh podcast, but stay off Twitter definitely. Uh, you can email me at trgmh33 at gmail Also, most important thing, if you want to become a patron of the show, I, you know, I keep forgetting to mention it, but for for those who. Uh, enjoy listening to the show appreciate it i hope you also appreciate that at the beginning of it i just basically get into the show you don't have to hear me talk about stamps.com or whatever stupid bullshit thing that i don't really give a shit about and do you don't have to hear any of that because of patrons of the show so if you go to patreon.com forward slash trgmh you become a patron once again i also have to reiterate that doesn't mean i'm never gonna believe me the show we're getting more listeners eventually someone's gonna throw money at me to say something i'm not saying i won't do it you know i'm I'm only human, but for now, uh, the best way to support the show is to become a patron at patreon.com. Uh, Keith, this was awesome. Thanks. Yeah, what a, what a blast. Yeah, awesome. thanks for having me. All right, thanks for being here, and we'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. We're out of here. There's a place I go, but you're not-